Big Blue Nation, this is the Courtside Connect, your go-to podcast for all things Kentucky basketball and Kentucky basketball's quickest game review podcast. I am your host, Matt Sack. Finally, hopefully, we have Scott Clark in here today, my co-host. A couple days ago, we recorded a whole-ass episode, and I messed up the audio like an idiot. And last night, what, were you out partying or something? Yeah, my my good friends came, him and his girlfriend came down to uh, Lexington, so... We hit the town, so it was fun. But I, I would rather be podcasting, of course, with with my boy. So I know I, I said yesterday. I don't know if you got a chance to go back list to the episode or not, but I'm like, I've been working you to death. You earned some vacation time, so <laughs> you want to go out in the town partying up a little bit? I, I'll allow yeah. you to do that. I'll let it slide. But we're back here today. We got so much to talk about. We have a whole week of Bahamas. We got to recap. We had a game today. We're going to touch on a little bit too. And we had a little bit of drama that I've been pushing off to the side because as I forgot who it was, but we had, we had a couple people that know of Scott on this podcast as the fiery one, as the guy that is willing to go at some heads. And I'm like, we're not going to avoid this drama or we're not going to address this drama until we're able to have Scott on because I saw your tweets. I know how you feel. You obviously know how I feel. I think we're pretty much on the same page here. Yeah. Um, but you're you're gonna say it with your chest, and we're gonna, yeah, you 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 know what you probably know what's coming. But first of all, let's get with basketball. Let's get with the good. We had a fourth straight win. The Bahamas started off a little rough. I was actually um, helping my sister move into college today, so I was watching it on my phone. I missed the first couple minutes of the game. It looked like a really close game um, through the first half. It really looked like we were playing fine, but we shot one of thirteen from three. I don't care who we yeah. play. If we shoot one of 13 from three and we still go in the halftime with the lead um, with one point, I'm, I'll am i take that. It obviously comes down to shooting. Second half, we did much better. Antonio Reeves went ballistic. We opened up to a 20-something point lead as we've kind of been doing um, all weekend. Scott, were your, what were your main takeaways from today's game? Uh, we finally got a challenge. And, like, to be honest, I was like, do I even really want to watch this? Like, my Mets are playing right now. Like, I, you know what I mean? I was like... I was kind of bored of the the tournament, but they finally pushed us. And like, I kind of I've kind of like compared each team to, you know, like a college basketball team. Like, obviously, we've had some pro teams. Carleton was a Canadian university. They're like a D two school. This team was like I kind of said in one of my group chats is like a gritty mid major, like just like in a very annoying mid major. Like they had a bunch of old dudes and they weren't that skilled, but they were tall and they played hard, uh, just like a like a gritty old mid-major team um but i saw we struggled with shooting and you know i kind of joked like this is of course the one game that we want to load manage cj frederick is like we can't hit a damn shot but we 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 figured it out and um yeah i mean reeves was really good he caught fire reminded me of like kellen grady uh when he would just go kind of ballistic and yeah it was it was a fun game to watch because i was like i can finally see what this team's made of when not shit hits the fan but like when things don't really go their way, and they handled it well. So I was proud of them. Yeah, I, I tweeted out right after like the kind of starter game, like this team kind of needed a humbling. Yeah. It, it, I want to see, like when things are going good, things are going good. But when you get punched in the face, how do you respond? And we saw how they responded. Savir Wheeler, I thought, had a phenomenal game. I really wasn't um, like right. that impressed with how we played the first game. I thought we kind of saw the flaws that we saw of last year, Savir Wheeler, when he was at his worst. Um, he wasn't hitting jump shots. I thought he was forcing too many of those mid-range shots. Um, I think he missed both, like, three points that he attempt. He had a few bad reads where he, like, forced a pass or a shot at the hoop instead of kicking out to an open shooter. The last three games, he's been sensational. I think he had a double-double against, I don't even remember we played the second team, um, with assists. Um, Monterey Tech. Yeah, in the third and fourth games, he was scoring a lot, too. He was really getting his shot off. I thought he was been really impressed. Obviously, you are the leader of the Sabir Wheeler Believer Club. What have you seen from Sabir Wheeler these past few days that's 
made us see why you've been saying all offseason he's the best point guard in college basketball. The first game, I'm just going to chalk up to, I think I, well, I forget that we never talked about the first game because of technical difficulties. Um, yep. But I, th- I said when we first recorded that you guys never heard, um, I think he was just, as a point guard, because both him and Kaysen did struggle, like, first game, new teammates, got to know where they're at. Teammates have to know where you're going to pass them or where Severe wants them. Um, and I I said it, I was like, I don't think he's going to have a great game. It's just new guys, and I think he'll start adjust as the time uh, goes on. Um, but yeah, his scoring was really good. He was fast. He plays at a speed that no one else can really play, I think, in the country. And that's why I've always said I think he's the best point guard in the country. I don't need him to score like 20 a game, which he did the last two games. Like I just need him to 12, 12, 14, give me eight assists, two, three turnovers. I'm a happy man. Um, he was making really good passes. He gets to the paint whenever he wants to, which is funny. He's 5'8", but he's like, I'm getting to the paint. I'm finding someone. The passes that he's so good at the drive one hand in the same motion, throw it to the opposite corner, like in like a second. And it gets Reeves open. It gets CJ open, gets Livingston open in the corner. Like he's finding those corner men and even Toppin, which we'll talk about later, because uh, that's a whole different discussion. But like he gets those guys open so well because of how quick he delivers those passes. And I think in November when – Teammates know, all right, Severe wants me here, and Severe knows he's going to be here, and, like, he doesn't have to see it. He already knows. Like, that offense is going to be insane. And I think Severe was, outside of Reeves, I think Severe was probably our best player. Um, this this little uh, excursion, you want to call it, or whatever. Yeah, I, I definitely don't disagree with that at all. I mean, it's also really hard to think of, like, what like ranking best player was Oscar Sheboy for us this week. Bro, that man was half like, focused on making money. I don't even he was just there drinking margs and having fun. I don't I don't care. Which we obviously don't have a problem with. I mean, no, good for fucking him. good for him, dude. Make that make that bank. Make that bread. But it, it like he was like would it do anything for a half. He would still be playing good, but he wasn't like being he's just, assertive. He's just out and there. then like he would we would blink and like this game would be over and he would have like 14 and 12 and i'm like when did you get 14 points yeah i mean he, like he's just an automatic double double like you you think he's having a quiet game um he only played 20 minutes obviously <laughs> like you said yeah. everything else going on with them trying to make money capitalize i think kyle tucker said he put out he made half a million dollars in a week yeah, which is insane it is stupid but absolutely good, good for, for him, him yeah good but it's crazy that he's just literally an automatic double double but um, Saver Wheeler, I thought, again, outside of the first game, I tweeted it out. Um, our guy, not Chin Coleman, like did like some play-by-play analysis where like he was getting to the paint. It was missing easy ball side corner, um, passes like to wide open shooters. It's like ball side corner. That's the easiest pass. That's why Cal stresses do not leave ball side corner open. Um, and we saw him just making all the right reads the last three games. He was getting shots. I think he had 21 today. I mean, again, yeah. That's are inflated, but if he's scoring like that on top of his passing, I just love all the playmaking we have. I mean, Cason Wallace really, really, um, like, amazed me as a playmaker this weekend. I mean, his shot really didn't fall today. I think he was 2 of 8 for 5 points, but he had 5 assists, he had 4 rebounds, he had 4 steals, he had a block, so he did everything else. I thought he did really good with the ball in his hands. Um, I thought Reeves did really good good I guess creating shots for himself he wasn't quite at the level where he's ready to create shots for others I would say he's not gonna he's not gonna be like a five six assist guy but it's gonna be like one of those throwback Calipari three guard lineups we're seeing three guys that are all on the court at one time could all handle the ball can all create their own shots can all dribble and with Oscar Shibway in the middle and whoever at the four that's gonna be a really 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 difficult offense to defend and like you said with Severe getting out or Savir getting out in transition, we've gotten like twenty free points a game just by out hustling the other team. And I know yeah. we're not playing as athletic of teams, but if even if we could keep getting ten to fifteen points a game free just by sprinting up and down the court and getting layups, that's a huge advantage in the fast break category that other teams just are not going to match. Yeah, last year he was easily the best transition point guard in the country. Like get the ball, make a fifty foot pass up up the court, layup, dunk, boom. Like, that's obviously what he's best at. Um, and I think that does translate. Like, I know we play teams at, like, you know, like Carlton. Like, you know, it's a bunch of 5'8 white kids. And 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not facing, like, athletic competition, but, like, Dominican, I mean, those are pro athletes. Bahamas uh, national team, pro athletes. Like, Severe is still doing the same thing. He is finding those players in transition, especially during the half court. I just think that, and, like, with Kaysen, like, Kaysen was good. Like, my whole thing with Kaysen, like, people think that I don't like Kaysen. Kaysen, I liked Kaysen this weekend. I've always liked Kaysen. I just, I mean, I've trolled, obviously. But, like, I've always thought Kaysen would be good. I've never thought, like, I've seen, like, people be like, oh, he's going to be the best freshman since, like, Garrett Fox or something like that. And I'm like, all right, let's relax. What Kaysen put out this turn or this little tournament exhibition thing, that's what I've always seen in him, where it's like, He's not going to be flashy, but you look up at a store, like the, the statue, and he's got like 10, 5, and 5, and like two steals, and you're like, that's great. That's all I need from you. You know what I mean? Like, I've never thought of him as like a bucket getter. I, like, none of that. I think what he provided this weekend, if we get that from him every single day, every single game, we are more than set. We have enough talent around him to do that with Reeves, can handle the scoring. I think Wheeler can handle the scoring. Oscar, I don't even have to get into. Um, and other guys as well. CJ, whatever. But, like, if if Kaysen's just going to fill the stat sheet and just be that defensive, he was great defensively, um, gritty guy who's just going to be a stat sheet stuffer, more than thrilled. I don't need him to do 14 points a game and be the best freshman since De'Aaron Fox. I just don't. I don't need that. But he he, he, yeah, he, he impressed me. He's not going to be the best freshman in terms of I, – I don't know if, like, Fox like and Monk, like the freshman that year, is, like, a good comparison. i probably see him more – I don't even know. I, I tweeted out, and the best way for me to put it is, if Kaysen Wallace is a player that you want on on your team if you are interested in winning national championships. Yeah, he's just gritty. that you need to make, he's gritty. He's going to make winning plays. And I throw Chris Livingston in that category. Like, Chris Livingston, he didn't even, he averaged 9.8. So he was basically at 10 points per game, six rebounds. He shot 60% from three on low volume, but still, he spaced out the floor all weekend. Shot 65% from the field. Again, these are inflated stats. He played great defense. He was versatile. He switched two through four. I look at Cason Wallace. He could switch one through three. They could both handle the ball fine. Obviously, Cason Wallace is a much uh, better ball handler. Livingston's more of a better rebounder. He's got that more size. But having two guys that physical with as much potential as they both have that are going to be efficient on the offensive end, at the least, they could put up a lot of points, but at the minimum, they're going to be efficient. They're going to play great defense. They're going to hustle. They're going to rebound. They're going to be a nightmare just matchup. I mean, if you need to put your best on-ball defender on Xavier Wheeler and your second-best one on Cason Wallace or Antonio Reeves and your third best one again on Antonio Reeves or Cason Wallace that is just those guys are just going to score we're going to score it's going to be so easy um I I just think like one through ten obviously we have a lot of continuity with some guys but we're better in almost every position like I like what Cason Wallace does for our team more than what Ty Ty did for us last year and I love Ty Ty I'm higher on Ty Ty more than most people were (laughs) same thing with Reeves over Grady and again I love Grady I loved Keon Brooks, but what Jacob Toppin and Chris Livingston are doing this year, and even Damian Collins, I just, I think last year we, like, relied on Oscar to do, like, too much, and again, that's Mm -hmm. why he won National Player of the Year. This year, Oscar is just going to be, like, be able to dominate, but we're not going to have to rely on him. We have so many different, so many different other options, both offensively and defensively, and that's just going to make Oscar Shibu even better. It's just going to be a very efficient team on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Oscar put up 30 and 16, and we still lost to St. Peter's. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know I don't want to bring it up, but, like, it's it's the truth. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, everyone was just – I think the roster upgrades have been really good. And, like, back to, like, what I was talking about with Kaysen, like, I wish – I love in the NBA, they, and maybe you guys have heard of it, it's a sabermetric called VORP, and it's value over replacement player. It's literally like if you follow baseball, it's what war is. Um, and I wish college basketball had that. Like, I wish, like, um, what's it called? Uh, sports reference had it because uh, I could ex- better explain what it, what um, I'm trying to say here. I think Casey uh, will probably be, like, second or third highest in VORP, but it might be, like, fifth in scoring. Because uh, I just think he's going to do so many things. And he's so well-rounded. But, like, back to what you are saying with, like, Chris Livingston. Like, wasn't flashy, but he made good plays. Um, I just think we have a much better – definitely a much better bench last year. Last year's bench was one of the worst benches I think I've seen in a while. Uh, no, that's not to discredit Davion or 
Dante Allen or you know <laughs> Bryce Hopkins or Damian, but like we, it's just it's the fact. It's it's the cold hard truth, and I think our bench is much better. I'm at the point where like I really don't care who starts outside of like Severe and Oscar. To me, are must starts. Anyone else, and and I'll, I'll throw Severe Reeves Oscar because I think anyone else, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I think those are our three best players, our best offensive players. Um, and you have two solid defenders there. I'll call we. I mean, Bill Self even called Severe Willie the best ninety-four foot defender in the country, and that's he picks up full and he's in your he's in your chest the whole way. He's just, you need him out there on defense. Um, yeah, I, I just think what I saw. I don't want to buy in too much. The only, I didn't care about box score. I care about what I saw, and I saw a lot of good things um, from a lot of players. But yeah, yeah. So Scott, I. Again, I don't know if you listened to last night or not. I had a really hot take, which I know you're going to disagree with, but I also think you're going to agree with it in a way, but like a different way. Mm-hmm. So my take was that I think as like playmakers, defenders, um, just like drivers of the ball, Cason Wallace and Xavier Wheeler do a lot of the same things. And I look at the rest of our team, like I want an Antonio Reeves to start. I want like a CJ Frederick to get some starts. I want a Chris Livingston to get some starts. If I want to put three guys at on the wing and we have Savir Wheeler at the one and Casey Wallace at the two, that doesn't allow us to play those other three guys as much because then we're just jamming them into one position. But if we put Casey Wallace at the one and then move Savir Wheeler to like a six-man role, then we could play a Reeves and a Livingston. Obviously, you said Savir Wheeler's a must-start, but I feel like you probably feel similar to like moving Case into a bench role um, like a six-man role where Saber Wheeler could be the start, and then you have like a Frederick and a Reeves on the wing, or a Reeves and a Livingston on the wing. Just because I feel like, again, I like having two ball handlers, but I feel like we only really need one of them out there at a time because they do a lot of the same things. How do you feel no, about I, that take? I, it's funny you said it because like I, I've said that like four months ago, and like I'm not like bashing you, but like you and like KG like laughed at me because I was like, guys. We're already going to be, like, pressed for spacing. You know what I mean? And, like, that's a fact. We're, we're... Well, I, I disagreed because you said move Case into the bench. I don't think you move Case into the bench. Perf- personally, I think moves Savir to the bench. I think Savir's playmaking is the best in the country. And if we're going to run a four-out offense, like, one of the main staples is you need a very good playmaker. Like, you can't run four-out without having an elite playmaker. Um Especially one that gets the paint at ease, like severe, like that. Just I don't know. I don't think Kaysen will ever have the eyes in the back of his head or the IQ that severe does. I've always said like I wouldn't. I don't want Kaysen to go to the bench, but like if spacing becomes a real a real issue, right? I think you could live with severe CJ Antonio, whoever at the four, and Oscar because you get to maximize your off or space out your offense because like. I've always said, like, damn, imagine if you're, like, Mississippi State or you're Tennessee and you're like, all right, we got, you know, starting lineup off the floor. Oh, fuck, here comes Case and Wallace type of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, that sucks. That's terrible. But you, it doesn't hit the same when you, you're you just like, oh, okay, C.J. Frederick's coming off the bench. I think our starting lineup would be better with those five. Um, but I'm, I'm still on board with, like, Severe and Case and playing next to each other. But you are kind of right. Like, in terms of offensive capabilities, I don't think either of them are that great shooters. Kaysen made more threes, obviously. I mean, Siri didn't make any. He only took, I think, eight of them, which that sucked. Whatever. He'll, it'll come. I promise you it can't. He was, was 0 of yeah, 9. Yeah, yeah, 9. Um, but I just think his playmaking and we saw is so detrimental to Reeves' success where he was finding him in the corner, all those corner guys that a lot of shots are going to be coming from. Um, it's just, he hits them so well. Uh, but yeah, I think Severe and Kaysen would be a really good pairing because you can never have too many ball handlers on the court. You just got to hope one of them's like pretty good at shooting. So this is completely irrelevant because Calipari makes the lineups and he's 100% starting both Sabir and yeah. Kaysen. What is Scott Clark starting five as of today? As of today, I would probably go, this is going to like contradict everything I just said, but like, oh, oh, wait, let's, uh, Let's say we, what is it, November 9th against Michigan State. What is your starting do I get a then? Do I get a fully healthy C.J. Frederick, like no load management, like back into the swing of things type of thing or no? 
if you predict that he will be fully healthy by November 9th, then you're allowed to. All right, Let's I'm, turn the injury sliders off. Let's do it. All right, perfect. So I'm going severe CJ Antonio Toppin Oscar. I think you have two to three regarding if Toppin shoots more catch and shoot threes, which we'll get into later, good to elite shooters. You have a point guard that can pass like no one else in the country to get these shooters who creates open looks for these shooters, I might add, by drawing defenders and kicking out. And you got the fucking best player in the country down low. And then off the bench, you have Kaysen. If, you know, if defense, if defense is taking a hit with CJ and Reeves, you can bring Kaysen on. Um, if one of those three guards aren't doing their job well, Kaysen comes on. He could split minutes with Reeves or CJ. You know what I mean? Like 20-20 or whatever. I don't give a shit. But they all need to find a way to make the minutes work. And they would. I mean, it's John Calipari. That's my starting lineup because I think you have everything that you possibly want. If CJ doesn't really pan out, you know, he's tired a lot. His legs aren't under him. I'm down. I'm clearly down with Severe Kaysen, Reeves, Toppin, Oscar. I just worry about the offense playing tough, you know, defenses and I guess just average defenses because you are very limited spacing wise. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna do something very similar. I'm gonna have Kaysen at the one. Um I just love Kaysen. I'm a Kaysen Wallace stand. I you might be right. I might sound stupid like saying like, oh the probably the best point guard in the country. I'm gonna make him the sixth man, but whatever. I'll own up to it. You could laugh at me then. But Kaysen Wallace at the one Antonio Reeves is like my combo guard at the two. At the three, just because I really like defense on the wing, I either want to go with C.J. Frederick or Chris Livingston. If C.J. Frederick's fully healthy and he's defending like he did like that first game, I think Chin Coleman said he had like the highest defensive rating on the team. Um, and Assuming he's still shooting 48% from three, I definitely want him at the three. Um, if not, I like Livingston at the three. Jacob Toppin at the four. Um, Oscar Shibway at the five. That's pretty easy. So I go Kaysen, Reeves, CJ, top end Oscar, and Savir Wheeler, the sixth man. Again, I don't, I still probably play Savir Wheeler 25, 28, maybe even 30 minutes a game if he's playing pretty well. Um, I just think having Kaysen start out there with just the shooters on the wing and not necessarily going to the two ball handler set and having Savir Wheeler because when Savir Wheeler is fresh like he was this weekend and he's just able to sprint up and on the court the dude is an animal so if you get like the starting point guard worked up and you either have to make them go to a second unit or just have like a tired point guard for the other team Savir Wheeler is going to run all over him in that second unit and it's just going to be stupid but um, moving on, we both brought up Antonio Reeves. He was in both of our starting lineups. He's not a guy that I thought would start. I mean, I personally would have started him, but I thought Cal was going to go like Wheeler, Kaysen, Livingston, one, two, three. Reeves just played so well. He was the MVP of the Bahamas. I mean, mm-hmm. he kind of struggled his shot earlier today, then hit four in a row. Like I said, he's like our best perimeter scorer since quickly. He's like elite, like you, you've been on his bandwagon. You said, like, the second he hit the portal that we needed to go get him. What did you see from Reeves this whole weekend, and just how good do you think he could I be? saw everything that I saw on his film. Like, he's just so good with the ball in his hands. He's so good catch and shoot. Sean Bensel, um, a.k.a. at Hoopsite on Twitter. I Like, him and I, like, when, I don't know him, but, like, him and I were, like, the only – because everyone was like, Terrence Shannon Jr., Terrence Shannon. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Just watch this guy's film. I promise you. He is better than, than Terrence Shannon. I get Terrence Shannon came from Texas Tech. And if you come from Texas Tech, you might be the best player in the country, according to people, because you know defense. What? No, I'm not buying Texas Tech. Never have, never will. Antonio Reeves, with the ball in his hand, provides so much for this team because of his shooting. He can dribble the shit out of the ball. He can create open looks. He did it. He's, he did a lot of um, ISO pull-ups, and they were open, and he made them. He's... He catches fire. He's initially a volume guy who seems fine not being a volume guy here. But when he gets going, when he makes those two shots in a row, it's like, all right, he's cooking now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, he's got that blood in him. That's why I said JT, JD Note from the start. I saw his film and I was like, I just watched that man play at Arkansas. Just get the ball, get the fuck out the way. Let me do my thing. Dribble, 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 score. Dribble, dribble, score. 
He's just he's a microwave. He is so fun to watch. I think he's definitely an upgrade over Grady. I loved Grady, but Grady was just literally catch and shoot. Like Grady is what CJ Frederick would be. You know what I mean? Antonio Antonio Reeves reminds me of a more efficient quickly. Like quickly wasn't the most efficient player in the world, but who cares? That doesn't fit our UK narrative. Like I think Reeves just has that in him where he's like, I'm gonna get my shot off, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna take smart shots. He doesn't take dumb shots. He's he's the perfect player. I don't I think it was Pels, like put out like uh Jeff Goodman, good old Jeff Goodman, like transfer rankings where it was like number twenty one and the I forgot who was twenty one, but number twenty twenty one was Bryce Hopkins. Yeah, Bryce Hopkins, twenty four was Amani Bates, and thirty six was Antonio Reeves. I think Antonio Reeves from the start was a top five player in the portal. The film never lies. If it translates from the Missouri Valley Conference to now, like if you could see it translate, which I always could. I mean, he's just – he's one of the best players, I think. He'll be one of the best players in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I don't know – I actually don't remember if you were on for this. Were you on when we had Dowell and uh, Connor on? When was that? Like, We did, like, pre I don't know if you were no, on. No, I, I had to get out of it. Like, yeah. like, I miss you. But anyways, my hot take – we talked about, like, some season hot takes. My hot take was that I think Antonio Reeves leads this team in scoring. I think – just we're not going to have to ask Oscar to do as much. I think when I look at our guards, Case and Wallace, again, we don't – our team should not have Case and Wallace and Saber Wheeler like leading our team in shots. It just shouldn't. They should be doing other things. They're great at other things, but they shouldn't be like our primary yeah. scorers. That's why I look at Antonio Reeves. I seriously think he could lead this team in scoring. I think he could score 16 points a game. Oscar could be like his 15 and 15 again. And then we'll have like Wheeler at 12-13, Kaysen 12-13, Livingston 10, top and 10. That's how I think our points are going to be distributed. I think we're going to have a lot of guys like flirting with double digits and up. And I think Reeves can come out on top. Do you think that's possible or do you think that's a hot take for I don't think it's a hot take. I think I kind of said that. I think I said, I think I said that. To start, I was like, I think he could genuinely lead this team in scoring. And people laughed at me on Twitter. Well, fuck you guys. Look at me. Um, <laughs> I think he could. Like, I, he's just so good. He, I, did he? Yeah, he did. He lead the team in scoring for this trip, or was it Toppin? I know Top. Oh yeah, no. He I, I think it was by like a point, but Toppin took like twenty more shots than everyone else. So, um, yeah, like he's just so efficient. He's so smart with the ball in his hands. I don't think. I think he's just going to be really good. I think, uh, and like what you said, and I agree with how Oscar's going to have not less of a world, but like he won't have to dominate as much. I could definitely see a, a world where Antonio Reeves, Antonio Reeves leads us in scoring. Yes, yeah, so Antonio Reeves, he had 68 points in 42 field goal attempts. Um, Jacob Toppin had 67 points, so one less point in 46 field goal attempts. So Antonio Reeves, four less field goal attempts. One more point. So, again, efficiency, pretty similar there, but you got to give the slight edge to Antonio. And Reed. you got to look at the shots. Toppin took a lot of shots, like, two feet from. He was just, like, taller than half the – or, like, three-fourths of the players that he was yeah. playing. Like, they were just gimme's. Like, Reeves was cooking, and he wasn't getting lob dunks and all that. Like, he was he was hooping. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we need guys that are going to do both. But, yeah. I mean, definitely, like, when you look at it, I mean, I mean, Reeves shot 14 of 27 from three. That's 52%. That's yeah, insane. That's insane, yeah. Glad you brought up Toppin. It's going to be a nice segue to our next point. We had a little, little Twitter argument earlier. There was a, who was it? Was it a John Rothstein tweet that basically yeah, said, Yeah, good old like, John. <laughs> love John. But um, he brought up that, like, Toppin, he said he had a really good weekend. He needs to be playing at the four. I think your quote was, Do I, here, I got it, I got it. You take right. over. I fucked I'll up. hang up and listen. All right, I've always said that if I say something stupid, I'll end up to it. I fucked up. I was stupid. I said that, John, he's been dreadful three of the four games. He was not dreadful. He was dreadful for the first game. He was. I was like, get this man off the court. I think he had some some dumb moments that like pissed me off. He was underwhelming to me. I should have said that. He was underwhelming. I get he put up points production, but like I said like a couple minutes ago, you got to look at who he's playing. And most of the buckets that he did get were like, just like putbacks and shit like that. Like he's the tallest guy that's guarding him is like six five. I sure hope he can score that. You know what I mean? It's our bigs eight. Um what I wanted from Jacob Toppin, I didn't I said I even tweeted this out. I said like he could have put up fifty a game, but it's the way that he's getting those that's what matters to me in this tournament because this the way that he was getting his buckets, uh 
to me weren't outside of the catch and shoot threes were not sustainable. He Toppin's calling card on offense is that he's a mismatch nightmare, which can be true. I wanted to see him shoot a lot of threes, a lot of catch and shoot threes. He did some of that. I wanted to see it do it more. The thing that really pissed me off with him was he would get the ball, corner three open, wait, pump fake. The defender's like, all right, you're clearly not shooting it now. You just took a second to, you know, like you, the, the, the window is gone for you to shoot. He would drive, get a little bit of contact, immediately put his ass in like the defender, post, turn around and fade. And I think he, he didn't shoot 50%. I think he was probably around like 35 to 40 for, on turnarounds and floaters. To me, that's inexcusable if you're Jacob Toppin. You clearly, I'm not going to fully buy into his catch and shoot, but I was more than happy to see what he was doing from catch and shoot. Because I think he shot, what, like 50-something percent from this tournament on decent volume. Like, that's what I want to see from you. It's either that or you are the most athletic person I've seen put on a Kentucky uniform. Get your big ass, drive the fucking ball, rise over someone, and finish. All right, and I'm going to bring up some stats. So Hoop Insight has this great uh, search engine. So last year, he – let me pull it up. Uh, Sorry, my browser reloaded. Um. Jacob Toppin. Okay, last year he shot 32% from mid-range, all right? Not great. Not great at all from mid-range, especially. It's the worst shot in basketball. We know this. Um, At the rim, he shot 74%. Why are you settling for – keep in mind the physique that he has, the athleticism that he has. Why are you settling for a floater and a turnaround fadeaway when you have a smaller guy on you, when you have the athletic abilities that you have and you shoot – more than double what you do from mid-range at the rim. I've saw Damian Collins, a man who's much skinnier, a, a good gust of wind would probably knock him over. He faced contact on his drive, and what did he do, Matt? He yammed on He guys, slammed like on times. people. He did all of that. I need to see Jacob Toppin either do take the three, which I'd honestly prefer him rather to do because it keeps the defense honest, or if you know you can get past him, get to the paint and use your athleticism that we all know that you have and dunk. If he does that, he's an all-SEC power forward. He is an all-SEC selection. If he continues, I because I get the I get the he, he did he did score the ball. Like I said, a lot of it was putbacks and shit like that. Those turnaround fadeaways, those pull-ups are not gonna translate in the SEC when you have t- tougher opponents. Against you, big strong men like dudes. You know what I mean? Like, and I saw people. People are like, "Well, Scott, you know, he's six nine, so he's just going to shoot over him." You can say that. You hear that all the time for like a Kevin Durant, a guy who is tall and can stretch the floor. Jacob, this is his like first year of being like, "All right, I'm going to shoot the ball." Actually, you can't just say that off rip. You know what I mean? And I'm not there yet. Maybe when he's 28 and he's somewhere in his pro career, I can say that 100. percent Like his brother Obi. Like Obi's a good shooter. Obi was never really that much of a shooter. Now he is. I'm just not there yet at top and be like, oh, well, a yeah, 6'9", so you could just shoot it, like, over the the defender. Because, he, to me, he's just, he's not there. I'd rather him just take it hard to the paint or shoot the three. That's that's where I'm at. So, I, I, I fucked up. I shouldn't have said that he was dreadful because he wasn't. But, to me, he was really, really underwhelming in what he showed and what we heard about his offensive game. He reverted back to old habits in terms of yeah, taking I- those bad shots. I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. I was actually really impressed with how Jacob Toppin played. I do agree with a lot of what you said, but like I was also impressed with like how Damian Collins played, but he also took a bunch of stupid shots. He like did. Pull up two. I wasn't happy about that, those like, either. I, I was like, well, I don't want to see that, but it's also like we also had Oscar take stupid shots. I'm like, I'm kind of accepting that these guys are probably just going to take tougher shots at this point in the season because the offense isn't right there. So at some points, we're just going to have to settle for tough shots. Because the offense isn't clicking how he wanted to. I'm going to look at the good stuff. Jacob Toppin, he shot 8, is it, of 15? Yes, 8 of 15 from 3, 57%. So mm-hmm. he obviously had a game that was 5 of 6 from 3. That's elite, all right? Yep. So now let's take out that outlier game. Let's call it an outlier. The other three games, he shot 3 of 9 from 3 combined. That averages out to one make a game for three attempts. If Jacob Toppin is shooting a three-point jump shot three times a game from the four spot, 
and he's making one of them, I love that. If that's an average, if we could expect every single game, Jacob Toppin, he's going to take three threes, and he's going to make one, that's perfect. That allows all the guards to do what they need to do. That's going to give Oscar the space and the paint to do what he needs to do. I love that. And then you also see, okay, that's his floor, like one of three a game. His ceiling is five of six. We're not going to lose a basketball game that Jacob Toppin makes five threes. We're just not. We're too good of a team that if Jacob Toppin makes five threes, we're going to automatically win that game. Mm -hmm. And if he shoots one of three from three, we're going to win 90, 95, 99% of those games. And I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I'm really happy with that. I'm really happy with how he was in the low post. Again, I don't like the high post turnaround fades. I thought he was a good low post option. Let's see again if that translates to the SEC, to Michigan State on November 9th, I believe. Again, we were playing some small-ass, unathletic dudes. If he could be a low-post option, kind of like be a P.J. Washington, could knock down a face-down three, could also get your ass in the post, um, I'd love to see that. So I was really impressed with him. I'm going to, right now, give him the benefit of the doubt. Some of those turnaround fadeaways are hopefully just a product of our offense not quite being there and just him trying new things in the Bahamas. Go ahead, Scott. I, I And I don't want to sound like I'm hating. I don't think I'll ever shoot five or six and three again. I'd... I'll be shocked. All right. I think he's going to do it once. He's going to hit five threes once this year. And I hope he does. Um, I just, I think that, I think, yeah, if he takes three threes a game, that's cool. I'd like it to be like four or five. Because I think, especially in a four-out offense, he's going to be in the corner a lot of the time. Um, and that's one of the best shots in basketball that you can get is a corner three. So I think, you know, just like, if he can be around that, I'm happy. It's just, it's really frustrating because if I see him start to revert to the, okay, I have a little contact on this drive. Let me just stop what I'm doing and immediately post up and then take a bad shot or put up a floater. Uh, that's going to drive me crazy because I, like I said, I saw Damian Collins dunk on people on drives and he's much like, he's got to have more of that dog in him. I know it sounds like I'm joking, but like, he's really got to fucking toughen up and get in that paint. And you got to remember, like, there's charges being taken because it's college basketball. But, like, just get to the paint, Jake. You were one of the best finishers, not numbers-wise, but, like, athletically, all that. You can do it. So please do it because teams aren't going to close out as you. They're going to give you the three now because it's like, all right, if this guy gets past me, like, it's a bucket. And every time that I was kind of thinking about this before, too, like, What's the one shot, Matt, like when we're on defense and like a team comes down? What do you what are you hoping other than like a shot clock violation or a turnover? Like what's the shot that you want them realistically taking? Contested mid-range. I want them taking contested mid like and for Toppin being a mismatch nightmare, if he's shooting contested mid-range and he has a mismatch on him, you just gave the defense what exactly what they wanted in a position where they are vulnerable. So that's my thing. It's like I don't want to be like, and I'm not sounding, I'm not fucking Nate Oates over here where it's like, it has to be a three or a layup. But with Jacob Toppin, it almost kind of has to. Like, I'm fine with Severe taking pull-up twos, Kaysen pull-up twos, Reeves pull-up twos, um, or guards practically taking, but I don't need pull-up twos for my four unless he's shooting 50% for mid-range, which he's not. He's shooting career, like, around 30, 32. Um, and I don't see him taking a jump to fucking 50. That'd be insane. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of where I was at. So, yeah, like I said, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I do I do want to – I deleted the tweet. Uh, I heard all of your guys' beautiful words about me. Um, so, yes, thank you, and I apologize for being a moron on Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> you also said Jacob Toppin could be all SEC this year. It was a big could, but I think that's the nicest thing you've ever said about him. So, I think that's – He could. He's just got to do what I'm telling him. And, like, that's the thing. Like, I'm in a, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people that I'm close to on Twitter who – Dick right, Jacob Tom, and they're like, yeah, bro, you were correct from what I saw this this weekend. Like, they were annoyed, and I was like, all right, well, at least we now finally fucking agree a little bit on what... Because, like, that topping that I saw, those shots, those mid-ranges and the turnout, that's what I saw the previous two years, and that's why I was like, dude, stop. You know what I mean? That's, that's You might as well just be Keon Brooks, just with a TikTok account. That's literally it. So, yeah. Yeah. Also, let's stop hating on Keon Brooks all the time. There was someone yeah. today that was just like, they were like, oh, remember when you called Keon better than Jacob? I was like, because well, he, he was. was. 
He's much better. Jacob, Jacob should be better now. He, we said he has all, or yeah, he has all SEC potential. So just gotta um, got gotta get to that potential. That's all. Keon for Absolutely. Pac-12 Absolutely. national Pac-12 player of the year. Pushing that narrative now. Go dogs. Go Huskies. Um. Yeah. Moving on. I actually got a thing on Twitter today. <laughs> I someone messaged me and was like, "Do you have any recruiting updates for the show today?" I personally do not. I feel like just with the Bahamas, oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Did you see anything? On uh, you no. About? Um, don't. I don't want to speak for Sack because, like, Sack does know stuff, but, like, don't ever come to Courtside Connect for recruiting updates unless, like, Graf is on the show because we most of the time are going off vibes. Like, I'm not your insider. We really aren't. Like, just House of Blue, get your ass in there. If Graf has something, if Sack knows something, he'll let you know. But, like, we don't know anything. I wish I did, yeah, but we I- don't. And usually if I know something, like, I'll be like, hey, look at me. I know something. I'll be, like, all over the timeline be like, hell yeah, DJ to Kentucky. Yeah. I'm not like, like I don't I don't know. Like, if I if you're not hearing anything from me, it's usually because I don't know something. Because if I do know something, I'll probably make sure, like, like I'll be like, hey, like, I know I know shit. But anyways, um, moving on to the meat and potatoes of the episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> so anyways, by now. We all know the story, but John Calipari called Kentucky a basketball school, which it is. Did he need to say it? Probably not. Is he wrong? No, he isn't. Mark Stoops said, whoa, hey, look at us, four straight postseason wins. It got kind of ugly. It got kind of awkward. There were people just being miserable. Um, Other media members, just common fans, whoever. Everyone was just kind of annoying for a couple of days. But we're like, all right, all right, everyone, let's chill out. Everyone shut up. Mark Stoops, yeah. he's got a presser. It's going to get handled. Even Mitch Barnhart is speaking after. What can go wrong? Well, we saw what can go wrong. Mark Stoops, instead of de-escalating the situation like we saw Calipari did, Calipari is like, I'm a dumb Italian. Um, that's his words. I'm not being um, racist towards Italians. You fucker. He was like, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, he was like, yep, I, I said it. It is. I apologize. Shouldn't have said it. Me and Mark will handle it. We'll be fine. Stoops doubled down. He was like, can't believe he said that. We're a football school. Look at us. Um, and then somehow Barnhart came on there, and it got even worse. Um, he was like, we're an everything school, but none of the programs I'm actually going to get funding for. So we're really like a nothing school because no one gets what they want. Yeah. Um, despite the athletes balling their asses off for me these past few years. Also, the media... You suck. Thank you all for showing up on a Saturday to listen to me talk while you have better things to do. But it seems like you guys just have too much time on your hands. Yeah. Um, let's start with the Calipari comment. Let's go one by one. Calipari, I think we both agree we're a basketball school. Um, did he need to say it? I don't know. Where did you stand on the Calipari comment alone? There's fucking no, nothing wrong with it. Like, dude, we're a basketball school. I, every like national analyst, like Seth Greenberg, was like, are the is their practice facility antiquated? Yes. Does it need to be renovated? Yes. Is Kentucky basketball school? Yes. Seth Davis said, "If Kentucky isn't a basketball, then there is no such thing as a basketball school." Who the fuck in this country looks at Kentucky and like that's a football school? Yep, right there. Because you know why they went to a Citrus Bowl. No one. I asked all my friends. I'm like, hey guys, I just I know you don't give a shit about Kentucky. I know I talk about them a lot. What do you, is Kentucky basketball school? And every single one of them said basketball school. You want to know why? Because they're a basketball school. Did he have to say it? Probably not. Is Stoops? Actually, we'll get into that later. What about you, Zach? Did you, he didn't say anything wrong, right? I like listened to the quote and I was like, okay, that's fine. What's the problem? And then I saw the quote tweet, which was by Mark Stoops. I was like, eh, okay. I could see why he's offended. Cal didn't need to say it, but no, he's not wrong. No. He. Our facilities Stink. are not top 50 in the country. We're supposed to be a top five po- program. And this is the tweet I made. I have zero problem if we want to consider Kentucky a basketball and football school. But we're going to start holding them to the same expectations. Yep. If you want to be prioritized like the basketball team, if you want your facilities to be at the same level as the basketball facilities and to be prioritized just as much, guess what? Basketball is Final Four or bust. So, Stoops, now it's college football playoff or bust. For us, it's win the SEC or bust. 
You haven't won the East yet. You need to beat Georgia. We can't be splitting with Mississippi State based on who's home. We can't have Tennessee own us. We can't be splitting with Florida when they're in the worst stretch of like the past three decades. We need to be owning Florida when they're mid. We cannot be losing stupid games to Mizzou on the road. We can't be losing good recruits to Louisville either, which we're starting to do a lot. And here's the thing. When we're not saying Calipari... Because everyone always like, oh, what about St. Peter's? Guess what? When we lose to St. Peter's, when we lose to Evansville, we hold Cal accountable. Half of Twitter wants him fired. Yes. There's a Field of 68 podcast saying he's on the hot seat. Which is not we true. Hold... <laughs> we also, our entire staff got fired. Jai Lucas was gone. Not that he was fired. Joel Justice, gone. Who's the guy that went to Central Barbie. Michigan? Tony Barbie. He's gone. Calipari changed his ways. He's not one and done. He's getting three-point shooters. He's getting veterans. He changed. If Stoops wants to be on the level of John Calipari, guess what? You need to start changing. You need to pick it up because nine-win seasons is not on the level of Kentucky basketball. So if you want to be a football school, yes, please. I would love 11-win seasons and winning the East and playing Alabama every year to go to the national or the college football playoff because yeah. that should be the standard if we're a football school. Coach O, Ed Orgeron, won a national championship three years ago and he has one middle season and gets fired. Yeah. If we're a football school, Stoops is fired by now, but we're not because he doesn't want the expectations of a football school because we aren't one. And I love Stoops. I'm so happy what he did for the program. People say like, well, Stoops came from the trenches like we were a two-win team. Like, you, we can't have the same expectations for Stoops as we do for Cal. Then we're not a football yep. school. You're admitting we're not a football school. Yeah. I, I said this. I said, let's look at the four postseason ones, right? Gator Bowl and Belt Bowl, that's the equivalent of getting in the, to March Madness in terms of, like, the level of the bowl. You, you know what I mean? Like, yep. you're, you're a bowl team. Good. You're in the tournament. Citrus Bowl, Sweet 16. Kentucky finished the year, I think, like, ranked 15th or 16th. You're a Sweet 16 team. And now we're a football school. If Cal makes a Sweet 16 and gets in the tournament, if that's the highest that he reaches at basketball, that means yanked already. He's gone. Um, Scott, if we lose in the Sweet 16 this year, what are people going to say about Cal? And... It's it's gonna be unbearable. It's it's a it's a joke, and I've never <clears throat> I've never seen a fan base you know be so proud of a program's history, and then immediately throw it away for four years of another program. You know what I mean? Like we are the poster child of being like, oh well, we have eight titles and we have all this, and look at our banners and look at this, but because we have four wins in football and four mid to above average bowl games we're now erasing all of the prior history to UK football where we were literally, we are and I'm not I don't mean this lately we are a top or bottom 20 college football program in in power 5 football easily it's not even close like we are bottom 20 we might even be bottom 10 in terms of like wins and all that like we we have no history before people take this the wrong way, you're not saying we're a bottom twenty team. No we're a program. Bottom 20 program. Yeah, and I love UK football. I have so so many people were like, "Oh, what are you like an Alabama football fan or some shit?" <laughs> no, I love UK football. I just want us to fucking win something before we act like we are something because we're not yet. We are a above average SEC school. If we were in the SEC West, dude, we would be a bad SEC school. Let's just keep it real here, folks. Like Alabama. Uh, Texas A and M. Uh, who else? LSU is better than us. Um, Ole Miss better than us. Auburn's probably a better. Auburn's program. probably a better know. program. Mississippi State. Mississippi State has been on our yes. level, They've and they're the fifth best team in the West. Are. Like Arkansas might be better than us at this rate. Like I'm. It, this is what it's. We are the beneficiary of being in the SEC East while it's been in a down period when Tennessee has been rough. Florida has been rough, and it's really just Georgia, and we've been able to sneak our way in, like, top two, top three. Well, guess what? Florida's getting better. Tennessee is definitely getting better. Like, all these programs that weren't that good five, three years ago, they're now back. And we have our coaching staff that, you know, 
Vince Merrill and, you know, Coach Stoops like, oh, this program didn't start on third base. Uh, motherfucker. Cal came in. The Billy Gillespie era, era might have been the worst time in, in Kentucky basketball history for a while. That program was cooked. And if Cal doesn't come in, we're the Indiana of college basketball at this point. And that's, that's 100%, 110% a fact. Cal saved Kentucky basketball, turned them back into the top program that like that they've like they've always been. And now look at us. So I thought that that's the quote from Stoops that really pissed me off. Stoops handled this like an emotional teenager. Cal said he tried to reach out him, reach out to him on Thursday, tried to amend things, didn't get a call back, or didn't even contact him. He said he'll text him again, apologize, didn't get anything back. Stoops, had, I, you should never go on Twitter and bitch. This doesn't happen if Stoops just doesn't keep his fucking mouth shut and acts like a goddamn 50-year-old or 60. I don't give a fuck how old he is. Like a grown man. But he goes on Twitter, makes makes it a, a big thing. Okay, whatever. Days go by. Press conference, like you said. I'm like, all right. Like right. He'll be like, all right, we're good now. You know, we talked it out. No, he makes it 30 times worse. RAD makes it 50 times worse. What are we doing here? And we still got morons pe- saying, oh, well, you know, Stoops is in the right here. Because they just don't like John Calipari. I had my tweet where I said, the difference between basketball fans and football fans for UK, UK basketball fans will always cheer on Kentucky football. UK football fans will net will be, not never, but most, not most, but I forgot what I said. Like, they're happy. Some of them are happy when basketball loses. Because they just are. It, it's, it's how it is. I'm. They like to... They want to push their anti-Cal yes. narratives. They want to push And they, they switched from when everything was good in UK basketball in the early 2010s. They switched that to football, and they're like, I want Cal gone, so I'm just going to root for football only and this, this, and that. You can talk about Cal in, at Florida 2020 with the kneeling. Maybe that has something to do with it. I'm just – like I said, I'm being real here. Like – and that and that's the truth. And I had so many people like, oh, you're not being – you're just being dumb, like – I'm not because you want to know why that tweet had over like 300 likes. So clearly I'm saying something that fucking resonates with other people. And if you don't like the tweet, 99% the the chance of that is me talking exactly to you. You fit the bill of what I'm talking about. There's a reason why you don't like the fucking tweet because it's about you. It's it's true. It's a hundred percent true. If you want to be a a football school, go win a title. That's step one. Go win a national title before Cal swoops in and wins another one. Go fucking make an SEC championship go in seven game. More. Yeah, go in seven more. Do go make make the SEC championship uh, game for God's sake. You haven't done that yet, Stoops. You, we should have we should have been in contention last year. I don't think we we wouldn't have made it because Georgia was so good. But we shouldn't have lost to Tennessee. We shouldn't have lost to Mississippi State. We had a very easy schedule last year, and we still managed a way to not win eleven games in the regular season. I, I and and look, I get I get that UK football is good. A lot of people have never seen it this good, but we went from terrible, one of the worst programs in the world, to above average. We are nowhere near the elite. We are nowhere near a football school. So let's fucking pump the brakes here. I hope Mark grows the fuck up and maybe addresses it with Kel in like a joint video conference. That's probably what's going to happen, honestly. Um, or maybe they don't. Maybe they just be forever. And whatever happens, I'll be Team Calipari. You don't know why? Because that man has brought us nothing but success. A national title. Four Final Fours. Six SEC titles. Um, six tournament titles. Or uh, SEC tournament titles. Changed the game of college basketball. He changed Kentucky's fortunes around. He's in his 13th year now, and he's hungrier than ever. And it seems like from the staff that I'm getting at UK football, they're getting a little complacent about what they've done. And in the grand scheme of things, they haven't done shit. So that's how I'll leave it at. And yeah, I think it's just a joke. Yeah, two things. One, one, I think you are a little bit right. They're getting a little bit complacent. They keep writing this like, like, oh, four postseason wins when the postseason wins aren't crazy. Like eight, nine win seasons. Like I don't want that to be acceptable anymore. The other thing we don't bring up is that if it's not a COVID year, we only have four wins, and we don't even have a postseason berth. Like the year John Calipari didn't make the postseason, he went nine and yeah. sixteen. Mark Stoops and the football team went four and Correct. six. Like you need six wins to get to a bowl. Like they were four and six, and Got they a bowl game. used like I. They basically used I'm in the SEC. The SEC is good. Put us in. That's how they got in. So, anyways, um, second thing I want to say, you talk about basketball versus football fans. Shout out like 
just the Kentucky yeah. fans, the ones that cheer on women's volleyball, the women's track. Um, men's soccer was amazing last year. Women's soccer, they got a brand new coach. Hopefully they're on the up. Baseball, I know it's tough watching Nick Mingione coach a team. Fire Mingione. But, um, yeah, like shout out you guys that watch all that stuff because you guys, you guys are yeah. the best. You guys are what make us BBN. Moving forward, um, the biggest loser of all of this um, is not is Mitch Barnhart. Not because he said we're not going to have alcohol, which is still stupid. Because you're basically saying only rich people get alcohol. We have a good environment, yes, but whatever. That's not the point. Could be better. Whatever. Um, it's kind of because he said, if what I give you is not good enough, um, then coaches change. Because no, Stoops and Calipari are not replaceable. Um, first of all, if you think that Cal is replaceable, you can just leave. Like, seriously, quit as our athletic yeah, director. That, oh, my God, bro. I... That that shit. Sorry, Matt, but the fucking oh Cal could leave, but Stoops can't leave. Dude, shut the fuck up. If Cal, my fucking blood pressure is gonna spike. John Calipari, if John Calipari leaves, we might become Indiana with a bad hire. Seriously, and you wanna know why he's pushing so hard? This is just just a notion. You wanna know why he's pushing so hard for these new facilities? Cause that man's gonna be leaving soon. All right, he's getting older. It's just, and I'm, I'm gonna be sad when he does leave. But he wants this next coach to come in and have elite facilities. He wants all this. He's not really doing this for himself anymore because he knows that his time is coming up. John to not be coach. John Calipari, more than anything in his life, cares about his players. He yes. loves taking basketball players that come from all different backgrounds and making them hundred millionaires, generational yeah. wealth to people who a lot of which have never had any amount of wealth ever in the history of their family. And Cal cares so much that even when he's going to be gone in two to three years and a facility takes one to two years to fundraise and build, he's going to do everything he can to get it because even after he's gone, he wants players, young basketball players, to keep being able to come to the University of Kentucky and make generational wealth for them and their families. That's how much John Calipari no. cares, about, cares about players. That's how much John Calipari cares about Kentucky. If you're one of the people that says that Cal doesn't care about his players or Kentucky, you are, a moron. You are so far from reality. It is ridiculous. Anyways, I think beyond all of that, the worst thing Mitch Barnhart said, the media has too much time on their hands. Scott, how many times do we stay up until 1, 2 a.m. to record a podcast and put out content for his athletic programs? How much time do you spend as a student journalist putting out content for his athletic programs, going to baseball games, watching a stupid-ass coach fail us? And ruin a baseball team. Ruin the baseball team that yeah. he stands behind, that no one else stands behind. You write for that coach, that athletic department, and he's just saying we have too much tolerance or we're making up storylines. Dude, journalism yeah. is not like it's not going to make you rich. You're not gonna become a millionaire. Oh, yeah. And we're out here grinding our asses out, putting out content for your athletic program to get more attention. And you're going to say we have too much time on our hands. That pissed me yeah. off more than anything. I'll say this as a journalist, right? And this kind of thing throughout any type of journalism. We won't report on something unless it's news. This is news. You know what I mean? And before before I really get in, want to get in, you know how I said I couldn't record last night because my friend and his girlfriend. My his my friend's girlfriend doesn't know a goddamn thing about sports. She, I was like, oh, this is where they practice. And she was like, ew, that building? Like she was like astonished how old memorial is so i'm just gonna throw that someone who doesn't even know about sports is like ew that building kind of sucks anyways but with journalism we don't report on something unless it's news this is news and anyone that says the media has too much times in the hand on their hand is usually in the wrong and they know something's fucked up so they're just blaming on the media and sometimes the media does overstep a boundary but they're not doing anything here Cal, or Kyle Tucker put out the full quote. People didn't choose to read it because that's 
how people are. I'm guilty of it at times. And but that's how much is going to run it because he doesn't want to face the responsibility of it. When like if he did his job and gave the gold standard of basketball, the greatest basketball program of all time, at least top 10 facilities, top 20 facilities, yeah. top 50 facilities, Calipari does not have to go to the media to give us this quote. If he does his job, we don't have a story. We're putting out news because it was given to us. We're not digging around writing our own little think pieces. Calipari called yeah. KSR, Kyle Tucker, a bunch of everyone else and said, I need to sit down and have you get this out because it's not getting through Mitch's head. And we need to keep putting it out. We need to twerk for new facilities. Mark Stoops does the same. If if Mitch Barnhart does his job, we don't have these problems. The media has nothing to do. It's that simple. Yeah. Cal's having his old players fund this shit. Oh He's taking money out of his own paycheck. And before you motherfuckers start saying, oh, he makes $9 million, so it shouldn't be a problem. Shut up. No coach should ever have to take like a third of his salary and to putting a new facility. That's what the goddamn AD is for. We are Kentucky Athletics. We are arguably one of the top five athletics program in the country. If we're in everything school, we are one of the best programs in the country. And that is a fact. Get the goddamn facility for the program that is easily the best. I see people, well, football makes more money. Football makes more money because of TV revenue and TV deals. Not because they're good. Let's get that through your head. Let's learn how, yes. Let's learn how sports business works here, people. All right. That's that's just the fact. Get the man his facility. Please. That's it. Well, I think that's a good way to end at least the drama portion, but let's bring it all back. Kentucky basketball <sighs> is really good. I don't even think we're overreacting anymore. I think we're just watching no, a really good basketball team. team and appropriately reacting. This is an elite basketball yeah. team, isn't it, Scott? I think it is a very elite basketball team. Um, Yeah, that's really all I got for today. Anything you wanted to bring up before we get out of here? No, I'm so tired of talking. My brain is spinning. I want to shower. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, and, yeah, thank you for listening to me rant. And Sack and I to rant, it's always fun. I love these doing these episodes because I can't really put it on Twitter because I don't want to get banned on Twitter. So, yeah, uh, thank you guys. There's not enough characters for that. That's why we have a podcast. And yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um, <laughs> there was, like, some, like, 50-follower account on Twitter today that was like, dude, no one likes your work. And I'm like, well. He had one follower, Sack. He had, we one. had one. There was actually two. There was two. Okay. And it was kind of it was kind of funny. Um, actually, I won't get. I don't need to get too much into it. But it's just losers. I, That's I look at like the numbers that this podcast does, and we have hundreds of people listening every single day to my stupid ass voice and Scott's stupid ass voice talk about nonsense. Yeah. Y'all listen to that, and that's hilarious. Not not it's not hilarious. Like it's like super funny. Like it it, it just makes me smile and laugh. Like y'all really care. Like about Like y'all what we care about today. us. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And I care about you. And we're gonna keep pumping out content. We're gonna keep giving back to you. And, yeah, I, I just really appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate all of the Courtside Connect supporters. Really appreciate you. Without all of y'all, we don't do what we do. So thank you guys for supporting us so very much. Yeah, and we might we might go on a little break. Summer's closing. We want to enjoy it. There's not much for us to talk about, barring any coaches beefing. Oh, my goodness. Um, so if there's not a lot of counts out being pushed out within the next week or so, we apologize. But, like, I know me personally, I want to enjoy the last week of summer. For my anxiety fucking kicks in and all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, but I know Sack uh, did, you know, his episodes because I was out and the technology was being weird. But, yeah, I think we both need a break. So, this is an, if this is the last episode for about a week or so, we apologize. But just bear with us. Yeah, we, we got a nice long one. We pumped out three episodes this week and this one's looking like it's going to be over an hour. Um, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully... You can sit on this one for a little bit. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys so much for listening. Oh, one more thing, Scott. Did you get season tickets for basketball? Sure did. We will be in the front row, brother. Courtside Connect but... returns to the courtside. I was sweating that out. UK Athletics handled it so terribly. Yeah, y'all suck. From Mitch to the ticket off. No, the ticket off is usually good, but Mitch Barnhart, eat my taint. I kind of wanted to tweet at them and be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? But I feel like 
like there was a one percent chance that like the admin of the UK athletics page would be like, Hey, this like Matt Sack BBN dude's being a bitch. Like, can we like just cancel his like student tickets? So I didn't, Let's I didn't give it to yeah. I wanted to hold it in until then, but now that I got him, UK Athletics, you sucked for holding that the way that you did. But yeah. also, thank you for the tickets. Also, I made a contribution to the K Fund. Can we at least get like you memorial did. like air conditioning or like I will personally come into the Joe Craft Center and patch up the ceiling so that they stop leaking. Yeah, seriously, I. I'm tall. Why memorial? Yeah, these ladies, lady basketball players, volleyball players, why the fuck are they playing in an arena that doesn't have air conditioning? That's cruel. They won honestly. a national championship. Figure it out, Mitch. <sighs> Stop giving money to the football coach that <laughs> I'm not Well, you can, but come on. Stop buying into the fucking hype. All right? buying, I love UK football. Stop but. buying a $150 million baseball stadium for an idiot to run and not even get yes. a postseason berth. No. God. I don't even want to talk about Nick Mignogna. I'm going to get really pissed. The amount of times that – because I covered UK baseball a lot for the Colonel. The amount of times I just wanted to put like a hit piece on him. I got blocked on BBM Burner from UK baseball because I was <laughs> – I fucking hate Nick Mignogna. So, yeah. Dude, I, I was talking with TJ Walker, known Nick Mignogna hater, about coming on the pod. He was busy when we were going to record, but – I, I, we need him on the podcast one time just to have like a Nick Mingione rant session. Because if you hear him on Kentucky Roll Call, he's been he's, he's been fat. but you got to remember, Sack, he's a good Catholic family man. So extend Nick Mingione. That's literally in the press release of him getting extension. It literally said good Catholic or good good faith or some shit like that. I'm like, all right, what the fuck are we doing here? Whatever. But yeah, fire Nick Mingione. But yeah, this is a good analysis of where UK athletics is. I think Oster, this episode was. So. Shibway is the perfect example of being a great man of faith, but still good at your sport. People exist like that. We just have to find crazy. If you want a good man of faith, good Christian man, just make sure you can coach a baseball team. Cause that's what he's paid to do. Yep. Well, that's all I got. Um, like, I guess we already went through our thank yous, but thank you guys one more time for listening. Yeah, and for sure. As always go cats. Go cats. Just need to clear my mind.